From the height of land where the river rises, you can sometimes see the far, faint, steel-blue glint of big water in the distance. Lake Superior lies fifty or sixty miles to the north, but more like a hundred if you meant to reach it, as we did, by canoe along the twists and turns of the Fire Steel River. The country between the height of land and the big lake was wild and tough, much as its first explorers found it three hundred years earlier. The only thing missing, or so we thought, were the savages who once lived here. It was a clear, crisp morning in the middle of September. We stood beside a black, rust-blotched iron trestle spanning the headwaters of the river. The logging truck that had brought us this far clattered across the loose floorboards of the bridge and disappeared to the west, toward Solon Springs and a load of white cedar. The canoe, a heavy eighteen-foot old town framed in cedar and covered with dark green canvas, much patched after years of abuse, rested in the grass at the edge of the dirt road. She was a fat old pig, slow and hard to maneuver in white water, but she was our pig, and we loved her. Beside the canoe stood our dunnage, a waist-high lopsided pile of sleeping bags, fry pans, cook pots, and water pails, orange crates filled with cans and bottles and vials of items as various as Hormel chili, Old Woodsman's brand fly dope, Chef Boyardee spaghetti and meatballs, Quaker oats, Dentymore beef stew, Brizzling sardines, bread and butter pickles, Ritz crackers, strawberry jam, mayonnaise, anchovies, a mason jar full of brown sugar, two tins of carnation evaporated milk, a large box of waxed sulfur-tipped kitchen matches, two boxes of Aunt Jemima's pancake mix, a quart of Skippy's peanut butter, a smoke-blackened coffee pot within which nested a tangle of war-surplus aluminum knives, forks, and spoons that tinkled discordantly whenever the load was jostled, three loaves of already squashed Wonder Bread, a stained black canvas tarpaulin that smelled of wood smoke, two pairs of swim fins and face masks, a spear gun powered with surgical tubing, a leather-sheathed cruising axe that needed sharpening, a roll of fine-meshed mosquito netting, two cased 12-gauge shotguns, Harry's a double-barreled Winchester Model 21, mine a battered Remington Model 29A pump-action, prone to jamming, and a pair of disassembled two-section fly rods stowed in light, much-dented metal tubes, an elegant amber-finished nine-foot pane of split-tonkin bamboo, guess whose, and an eight-and-a-half-foot hardware store hadn't, all cracked varnish and rusty snake guides, that, when assembled and placed beside the pane, looked about as graceful as a telephone pole. A case of waxed paper shotgun shells, two canvas reel cases, and several neatly labeled hardy fly boxes topped off the load. We had tied all the flies ourselves, and we knew they worked. And even if they didn't, they were pretty. My God, hairball, I said. We don't need half this shit. We'll only be six days on the river. With all this gear, we'll be shipping water even on the calm stretches. Luxury, Benjamin. Harry said. You never know when you'll need a dose of it. Believe me, when you get to Korea, you'll look back on this journey with delight.
I took some comfort from those words. They were an admission of doubt. Harry stuttered only when he wasn't sure of himself. On top of the pile perched Harry's black leather saxophone case, scuffed and battered from many trips we had made together. Harry had discovered Lester Young and Charlie Parker a year or two ago, and he now played the alto sax. He'd always been good at music, even in grade school, and now he was a full-fledged bopper. Or that's how I saw it, anyway. On outings like this, Harry riffed on his axe, as he called it, with me ticking out the beat on empty tin cans on Riverside Rocks, pushing it up to the big bang on hollow logs in camp at night or even in the canoe, tapping time on the thwarts as we drifted in unpromising trout water. But Harry is always above the beat, wailing away with the water. His sax is fluent, where his tongue isn't. 